0: bread that represents my body, Jesus said, and drink of this cup that represents my body. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that you would guide this service Lord, that you would come among us and share your power from the word that we are about to study. Lord, we thank you for giving us this word and ask that it would be a living in our life. Lord, that our uh, Savior Jesus, your Son, God, uh, would be shared by our actions, our words, and our lifestyle. Help us to learn about that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Building for Eternity. This year, we've decided to focus on building. One of the focuses this year that uh, we're going through, one of the four pillars uh, we've, we've discussed so far has been, we've discussed leaders, and we've discussed community, and today we're going to discuss building... A new meeting place. Building a new building. That's exciting, right? So the church actually is not a building. In uh, scripture, the word for church is ekklesia. And that refers to the people, the body of Christ. And we are to build that as well. We're always in the process of building the church body, the body of Christ. We're also in the process now, this year, of building a structure to house our activities. So it can be confusing when we're talking about building a church. We're talking about the building or the body. That's probably why it's a good idea to uh, think of a new Uh, word to call the building that we are working on, on our new property. And I don't know what that name might be. We'll discuss that together. Uh, If you have any ideas, throw it at us. Uh, You know, someone mentioned headquarters. Sounds pretty good. We'll, uh, We'll discuss that later. I want to mention, though, we are not changing the name of the church. This will always be Colony Christian Church. So if we have the new building that will be called the headquarters, it will be Colony Christian Church Headquarters, C C C H Q or (laughs) whatever. It's also good to note when we're discussing this that God is the one who builds his church. It is God. Matthew chapter sixteen, verse eighteen. Now, you'll remember this. We discussed it a couple weeks ago when Jesus was speaking with Peter. And Jesus tells Peter, he gives him the name, he names him, your name will be Peter uh, Rock in which I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, specifically, I want you to note, I... I will build my church. Jesus' words. These words are in red in your Bible, probably. Jesus is the one who builds his church. Now, we talk about building a building, and that's good. And we talk about building our congregation, uh, community connections, but God is the ultimate builder. He builds it through us and in us, but it starts with him, and he is doing the doing. He is the ultimate builder, and he gives us tasks like sharing the good news. This is how we build our body, sharing the good news which will bring people into the church body. And he tells us to do this in many ways. So many different ways that he gives us to build our church. Each one of us is, is an individual. We have our own uh, special abilities that God has given us to use to build the body of Christ, to, to uh, allow God to work through us to build the church and the ecclesia. All of our skills and <clears throat> abilities are used together to make that one body. Now, I do believe that God has called us to construct a house for his purposes, a space for all of us and many others uh, to gather as one to worship the Lord. God is building his church, and we are building a place where a church, well, where as a church we can meet needs, we can provide safety and refuge, and we can learn about his word so that we can take his word back out into the world where we work and play and touch the lives of others. Kind of a place in which we operate out of. Our vision to share hope with our community through love and service. Your love for God and your passion to share our hope with others, has already been made clear by how much you've already given to the building fund. Very generous. I'm always amazed and impressed about uh, our ability to raise up so much money that would be required to build a new building to share God's love. And You guys have been amazing about that. Uh, If I could ask a special task of our, our tech team back there to put up the... Uh, building fund currently. I had the me- number committed to memory, but my memory doesn't serve me well today. So, allow you to honor God by the way you live and to reveal to others the goodness of the one who set you free. Three points we're going to touch on today. Our scripture is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are the living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, and now you have received God's mercy. Point number one, embrace your identity. Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, who are we if we're going to embrace our identity? identity, Who are we, and why are we what we are? That is because of Jesus, is why we are who we are. Verse 10. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This verse right here really hammered home to me our identity. We've talked a lot about identity this year. Uh, actually, it was last year. Uh, we discussed uh, the, the, the individual identities that God has given us, and the things that we need to do. But today, I want to focus on our identity as, as we belong to Jesus' body because we once had no identity, now have received. Have received. So let me put this into perspective. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. We see Jesus referring to himself a lot as I am. Not, uh, this is my name and, complicated deal. Not I am and then put noun afterwards, but just I am. Nice and simple. Our identity have received. Who are we without having received God's mercy? We belong to this world. If we have not received mercy, we do not get into heaven unless we have received God's mercy. Jesus is our cornerstone and he gives us what we need to be a part of the church, part of the building, have received. And we are living stones. Verse 5 says that we are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. We are holy priests. Holy priests. And I don't like being called a holy priest. I don't understand completely what that means sometimes, but I know that we have received. When God gives us a gift of a Savior and tells us that we are forgiven because of His mercy, then becoming holy makes more sense. And so we are living stones. What we build in our new building does not need gold or fancy, uh, fancy elaborate decorations that cost Hundreds of thousands of dollars, and there are some beautiful churches, and there's you know, that's great. I love to look at those churches, but look, we are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. When I look at the construction of our church, our body of Christ, it is way more beautiful than. If our church, the building would be built out of gold, the stones that build this church are beautiful, are amazing, are strong, are very unique, but yet connected to the cornerstone. We, God's people, are his handiwork. Who are we to argue, man, I've I must have not been made right. Something's wrong with me. I can't do it. Who are we to argue with him when we as people make something? We make it because there's a need for it. If I make a tool so that I can specifically get to a part on an engine, or if I make a piece of furniture, it's because I needed that piece of furniture. I needed that tool And so God makes us. We are his handiwork. He needs us. Each and every one of us. We are his living stones. His handiwork. And his work is designed to be locked into a cornerstone. A stone on the ground is no good. When we build a foundation these days, it's, consists of concrete and the, the part where it comes together, you have rebar in there sticking out usually so that when you put another piece of concrete there, pour it in or whatever you uh, build onto it, it can be tied in with a bolt or rebar. It's tied to that cornerstone, to that foundation. If you were a mason in the old days, you would know um, that when they built their cornerstones, they had... Shelves or some way to tie the rest of the uh, foundation into that cornerstone. We have received the mercy. We have received, so we can be tied in to that cornerstone and be a part of the the foundation. If we look at this in modern day terms, uh, we don't use stones necessarily to build. Uh, foundations, but blocks or bricks. A brick laying on the ground or even a stone laying on the ground is not good for anything. You, you kick it, you, you you throw it to get it out of the way. Uh, you use it to stone somebody who's walking along. That's probably what you did back then when a stone was not in a foundation but it was laying on the ground. You used it to stone somebody who was breaking the law or uh, was not as good as you, they stoned a lot of folks in the Bible, but now, thanks to, to Jesus, there's no stoning. There's no use for a stone to be laying on the ground. It must be in the foundation, tied to the cornerstone of Jesus. Your identity should be embraced. And it should be something like this. When you meet someone, my name is Chase. And I have received mercy from Jesus. Let me tell you, you can do the same. You can have that mercy as well. Embrace your identity. Second point is to honor God by the way we live. Verse 16 tells us, that uh, Jesus is the cornerstone, and it is uh, specifically from the Old Testament text of Isaiah chapter 28:16. Peter uh, quotes that and, and records it here, that Jesus is the cornerstone. He's placing this cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You see, he sets the foundation. Now, if you've ever been to the the Temple Mound, I, I actually, uh, when I was there, I learned so much about the Temple Mound. Uh, uh, King Herod created it, and it, around the time that Jesus well, it started a little bit before Jesus was born. Um, and it is so huge, it is the most amazing structure. Um, it's just huge. And the temple isn't on there anymore, but the mound that it was built upon is uh, so big. Uh, Herod was a megalomaniac, I guess, so he enjoyed building so many huge structures all over Israel, and he wanted the biggest and the best, and he wanted the whole world to look at him and say, look at what that dude can build. So he builds this huge temple mound, and the funny thing is, it is that that temple mound is not square, as big and as huge as it is, it's like a trapezoid type of a thing. It it's not square, and I ju- I just have to wonder if that's uh, th- that's a good illustration. If that wasn't done illustrated by God to uh, prove a point that we can look back and see was uh, Jesus the cornerstone. When that temple was built for Herod, and probably not, and it 's not straight the 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 foundation of that is not straight uh, in our lives when you when you want to get some wisdom, you go to somebody who uses Jesus as their cornerstone. if I was to to ask someone like Larry uh, advice uh, about how to uh, how to spend my money or say I wanted a a Ferrari and I wanted to take out a loan for it, Larry would tell me, it's not a good idea, son. Uh, You shouldn't spend that much money. Uh, You have a family to take care of because, he would tell me, scriptures say, you are slave to the lender. Uh, Use your resources wisely because Larry is tied to God, to the cornerstone He follows that message that is given to Him. When you seek people for advice, seek people who are tied to the cornerstone. He gives us blueprints. God does. Blueprints. The the cornerstone of an old building was said to have had the blueprints for that building um, on the cornerstone. That way, if any... any, uh, extra things had to be done to the building, you could go and look at that and to build on it. We have the blueprints uh, written out for us that we can take wherever we go. Blueprints of how we are to, to build the body of Christ, to build our churches, to build our lives, and what to go off of. We have these uh, blueprints. We should use them. We must conform to the builders recommendations. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I'm not sure how to be transformed uh, into a new person by changing the way you think. That's easier said than done for me. But I know that Scripture says it. And I know that it has to do something with our identity of have received God's mercy. Change your thinking. We must conform to his plan for us and be transformed into a new person by changing the way he thinks, the way we think, so that we can align ourselves with how he thinks. And if we do this, if we're able to do this, first Peter chapter one, verses 13 through 16. So prepare your minds for action and exercise exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you as holy. For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. There it is again telling us to be holy, which seems so difficult until we understand what Jesus has done for us. You know... Uh, some have rejected the cornerstone. Verse 7 tells us that uh, you recognize and honor him, but the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. John chapter 8, and I want you to just uh, think about this story. Jesus was talking to the people who believed in him, and uh, he tells them, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free, Jesus tells them, and evidently they were descendants of Abraham because they said, Jesus... Uh, why do you say this? We're the descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves. We don't need to be set free. They get hung up on that word. It was would be just like if I was to tell you sitting right here right now, I know how you can get out of jail. Listen to what I say and you'll get out of jail right now. You'd be like, I'm not in jail right now. What are you talking about? I don't need to get out of jail. And these people uh, feel the same way. Why are you telling us how to be free when, they've, when we have never been slaves? Jesus tells them and explains to them, listen, it's because of your sin. Your sin is what makes you a slave, what keeps you from being free. You serve your sin. And they argue with him back and forth. Are, are, are you sure? Uh, our father is still Abraham. We are not illegitimate uh, uh, children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus says, no, no, you're imitating your real father. And it hits hard for me to read this because why? Did, who is he talking about? You are imitating your real father. They weren't understanding and they were arguing with him. He says, why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because... You can't even hear me, for you are children of your father, the devil. I wonder if they understood what he was talking about then. Most of them didn't, because at this point, they called Jesus a Samaritan devil. The reason I tell you this this point is that some rejected the cornerstone. In our scripture in Peter, they rejected the... This cornerstone of Jesus, and others are tripping over the cornerstone. Just like we read in this text, they don't want to conform their life to align with the cornerstone of Jesus. They would rather do it their own way, they would rather follow their own God of themselves or whatever else they might make of it, and they trip and they fall. We must remember our identity and tie it to our Savior make sure that we're not tripping over the cornerstone. Point three is to reveal to others His goodness. Reveal His goodness to the others. Freedom. The verse we just read, John chapter 8, Verse 32, freedom this comes from truth. The truth will set you free. Jesus is our truth. Darren discussed the lockdown. Imagine what it is to be locked down by your sin. probably don't have to imagine that. We've probably all been there. Locked down by bad decisions, by uh, perpetual uh, choices in the wrong direction. Seems like there's no way out. Locked down. This verse tells us when we know the truth, it will set us free. And the truth is, that Jesus gave His life so that we could experience freedom, so that we could go from slaves to sin to free, from darkness to light, from mercy to grace, from despair to hope. It's our job to reveal that to others. The church, the, the people, the body of Christ, to take that word, the good news, to others and show them, hey, I've received this, I want you to receive this salvation as well. Now it'll take some explanation because people will be saying, set free? What do you mean set free? I don't need to be set free from anything. Then we explain to them the restrictions on that kind of a lifestyle, though it seems free. when we build ourselves as the body of Christ, a neat thing happens. God's Word is lived in and through us, and we call this God's kingdom. God's kingdom comes. Jesus tells us that His kingdom will come partially among us as a church. And it's amazing when we get to the point where we are Actively being a sanctuary. Where God makes us a sanctuary. That should be our prayer. Lord, uh, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and yes, holy. Tried and true. And then we give thanks to God. And we offer our lives as a living sanctuary, a living stone, because we have received God's mercy. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I ask that you would continue to guide us to be your church and to build your church body. And God, that you would guide us and building all of the things that your kingdom consists of whether it be a building or a relationship or a marriage or a family or community connection or a leader god we ask your guidance in all that in jesus name amen